Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee, and today I have the pleasure to be speaking with Mr. Wayne Culkin, a veteran in the global footwear industry who served as president and CEO of Stuart Weitzman, where he spent 25 years. Uh, last year, in July of 2017, he started Street Trend with Jeffrey Heckman, chairman and CEO of Hilco Global. Street Trend designs, distributes, and sells several footwear brands, including P448 Luxury Sneakers, PS821 Limited Edition Sneakers, and Moline at Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale, Nordstrom, and other retailers, as well as online at sneakergps.com and p448shoes.com. Last week, Street Trend and Italian investment firm Panda, headed by CEO Paolo Griffo, acquired a majority interest in the luxury Italian sneaker and footwear brand P448, acquiring the creative design, manufacturing operations, and brand assets of the Forley Italy company. P448 founders Marco Simone and Andre Curtis continue with the company and maintain an equity stake in that business that they launched in 2014. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Culkin. First, good afternoon. And thanks for joining us today. Uh, first, maybe you could provide our listeners with a little more background on your intent with Street Trend that you began a year ago, I guess this July, and details on your acquisition. Absolutely. I mean, I personally have always just loved sneakers, you know, for the last 30 years since I was a kid to, you know, now I wore them irrespective of if it was the appropriate thing to wear with a sport coat and slacks from the boardroom to, you know, traveling. And then now it's just has become this explosive category where it's, you know, over 50% of the footwear business, not just from a performance perspective, but actually from a fashion perspective. So after a beautiful long career uh, building Stuart Whitespin and finding a, a final home and selling the company to uh, Tapestry, just for my own pleasure as a passion project, I wanted to kind of create a little holding house of very unique brands and bring them to the USA. So there's so many amazing little you know factories and brands that exist throughout Italy, especially there's such a, a demand for the monster brands, you know, your Nikes and your Adidas's that, you know, I thought there would be a room to bring almost the, the fashion and, and handcraftsmanship of, of Italy to America and have a surprise in the light of brands that are unexpected and building them and enjoying them and, and providing consumers with just a different flavor in, in such a crowded space. In your acquisition last week, uh, you acquired, you've been distributing, I guess, for the last year, P448. Why did you decide to acquire? I love the brand from day one. It was founded by two young guys that are just, you know, kind of, uh, you know, street fashion uh, sneakerheads and, and kind of, you know, uh, streetwear fashion uh, guys in Italy who I saw their products. I went to find them in basically the middle of nowhere. And from the beginning, I said, come on, guys, you know, let's build a global brand. And they're from a very small town and they were a little skeptical. And it took about six months just to, you know, kind of kept getting in the car and driving to this uh, town called Forley and convincing them to at least uh, let me have the distribution for North America and Asia Pacific. And then, you know, we took the brand and we really were enjoying it, getting great distribution. It felt the niche with these beautiful textures and colors and craftsmanship and price value proposition. And then with a friend of mine, Paolo Griffo, we finally made an offer to buy the majority of the company. And of course, Marco and Andrea will still stay on from a creative perspective. And we all agreed. And now we really see after the the four years and you know the growth that brand is having that it's niche so just like in maybe 10 years ago in in the dress shoe business both for men's and women's it was about for women's you have high heel dress shoes you'd have sandals you'd have ballerinas you'd have moccasins um and now in the world of stickers there's the same kind of diversification you have 
performance categories, you have fashion categories, you have streetwear, you have things that are more, you know, uh, novelty and, and more dresser oriented, like the new dress code is really, you know, you walk in around in the airport, you walk around in, you know, any major street and you're seeing 70, 80% of the people wearing this category. So how do you find a niche? How do you find something that you can introduce that really doesn't exist? And the brand is just so beautiful in regards to the conception and, and what it does. We really wanted to kind of put our resources and our marketing know-how and our design and manufacturing and distribution to place and, and, and partner with these super, super creative guys. And, and, and do something that we think is, is very special and kind of build a brand and spread it throughout the world. Three brands in the street trends portfolio currently, the P448 we've been discussing, the PS821, the Moline. Are they all Italian luxury sneaker brands and how are they different? So everything is from Italy in the world of footwear and sneakers in general. I think the number is close to 90% of the total production is made in, you know, either China, Taiwan, Vietnam. But, you know, Italians are always known for their craftsmanship and their sense of design and their taste and, and, and the use of special materials. So we wanted to bring kind of new and interesting brand in the holding company of Street Trend to America, to Asia Pacific. And so really focusing on just getting to know these little artisan factories that have been around for 10 years, 20 years, some of them 50 years. And each of the brand has a, a place and reason in our company. So uh, Maline is a very, very small factory, but has this amazing fast marketability. So you can take from a design to delivering in the stores around the world in six weeks. And the production cycle for sneakers is six months, even longer, uh, you know, nine months, 12 months. So it's really almost fast fashion Zara in footwear, which doesn't exist. So there's a place, you know, for that brand that's really kind of almost trends and flavors of the moment. P44A is completely its own identity and we feel is a complete unique concept to the marketplace where you're taking these wonderful Italian textures and colors and materials and moshing them in unexpected ways where we're everything but about the white sneaker. We're all about freshness and uniqueness and, you know, the, the individuality of the customer and tying it into the product and offering, you know, handcraft products at a price range between 235 to 295 So it's a strong focus to be able to offer something that the competitors above us just can't do. So that a little bit more street oriented and based off of things such as, you know, skateboard culture, surf culture, music culture. And then the PSA21 brand, which uh, I developed from scratch, is something more like social commerce. So the site will launch in September and doing good is good business. So we want to do something that really connects to the Gen Z and the younger millennials. So not only is it something that's never been done before, where we will produce limited production of no more than 500 units per SKU, each SKU will be handled hand stamped with a number so that individual oh. user will know I, I'm wearing three of 500. That's the most we'll make. And some will be only 200 and 300. And every six weeks, we'll have a drop of you know maybe 15 SKUs. But the 821 is something we wanted to tie into the PS, which you know kind of is just a loose play on Project Social. So we wanted to be able to kind of give back. So not only is there going to be drops every six weeks, but every pair we sell on our site will give 8.2%, of the proceeds to four charities. And those charities will also be dropped. So every six weeks when we change the product, we'll change the charity. They're going to be very hot topic charities. So not just things that are, you know, 
the standard ones that everybody commits to, but ones that for some people might be controversial, but it's the fun of kind of doing your own thing and being a private company. So it's kind of a passion project that I have doing good. It's completely fun. It's something from a production standpoint that really hasn't been done before. So kind of each one has its own little place. So what we're trying to do with Street Turn in general is to create again, a holding house of unique concepts. And we look forward to coming up with once we launch BSA21 with a couple of other ideas. And one of them also is Sneaker GPS, which is basically like a, a sneaker portal. So sneaker lovers can come to the site and see brands that are maybe not so widely distributed. And right now we just have a couple of our own brands, of course, P4A, soon to be PS821. But probably by the spring, we'll have 12 to 15 other brands. So we're trying to almost to create a, a sneaker marketplace that you can go and it's not for any specific age group or pure sneaker heads or pure streetwear lovers. It's just kind of giving a lot of flavors, almost like the Baskin Robbins of sneakers with brands that aren't just the kind of the big five. And will they all will they all be Mr. Coco, will they all be sourced in Italy or no? That's not a pre prerequisite. Yeah, I mean yeah, you know, if I find something amazing in my travels, of course it doesn't have to it's not just because it's made in Italy. So it really would be surprise a delight brand, but you know, there's so many amazing artisans in, in Italy and so many hundreds and hundreds of brands that are actually, you know, strong in Europe, but they don't have exposure in the rest of the world just because these little artisan guys don't know how to kind of get their things out there. So that's why we want to almost call it a sneaker global marketplace versus, you know, just, a, you know, selling commercial website. The distribution of your brands beyond, uh, I, I guess, first of all, the price point, is the ceiling on the retail price point about $300 or when you add new brands, it might be higher than that? Yeah, so it will be higher. So PSA one with a limited production, which is like unheard of in the footwear industry, will be higher, but we're really trying to do a, a direct-to-consumer place. So, you know, we're able to kind of cut out the kind of middle markup that you get from an independent or a luxury retailer and, you know, offer a consumer something really is not only limited because of production, but also democratic from a price point perspective. You know, maybe down the road, if it works, and especially with the charity aspect, we would then try to partner maybe every season with one great retailer in the world. The goal really is to small is big and, and we want to do something that makes a lot of noise, but the vision for that particular brand isn't to say, okay, my goodness, you know, let's make this into a $200 million brand. Uh, we want it to be very pure, very organic. So that's why I say each thing that we put into uh, the street trend umbrella all has a different purpose and a different reach. And, you know, why it's, I think, a, a unique concept of what we're creating with the house of brands. And also, I would just ask you, the current distribution P448, beyond those top level department stores, are you trying, are you selling sneaker boutiques in different cities in the U.S., North America? Sure. Also selling independence, which we love because, you know, that's what the fashion industry was built upon. And then um, in the last 15 years, 80% of them have gone away, you know, obviously due to the you know growth of e-commerce and the power of the department stores. But, you know, now the department stores are also changing and becoming leaner and smaller. So sometimes less is more. So the goal is to find great partners and focus on clean distribution and not be involved with all of this off-price activity and discounting and, and really 
be able to, you know, take up maybe a lower margin actually and, and be able to pass that along to the consumer, but sell great products at full price. So there's less of the product out there, which makes it more desirable to the consumer, right. which is really good business. But the world is a big place. So we have something special, but that when you're focusing on Europe and you're focusing on North America and you're focusing on Asia Pacific, there's lots of places to sell, but we just don't believe in the concept now of one city selling 30 different retailers. And have you found so far with the, and even selling the P448 for about a year in North America, has there been stronger appeal to the brand in certain parts of the US, certain parts of the globe? No, we, we really see you know the democratic and the change of uh, consumer behavior where brand resonates with 19 to 70 and, and people that just want to express their individuality, feel free, feel comfortable, enjoy you know the beautiful colors and textures. But we really see the result being equal from the Midwest to the Northeast, to Florida, to California. So we think the world is really flat. I mean, love beautiful things and things that make them feel comfortable and confident. So it's not really things, I don't think any things are really geared now just for any specific region. Uh, you know, fashion has become so, you know, you know, transparent through just showrooming through digital devices. Consumer behavior is, is much different. They're looking for things that are new and different and they're not so driven by just I need to buy this big brand. They look for something that just is, you know, fresh and that they enjoy. Create the buzz for these brands is it through social media, or I mean, is that, are you going to have celebrities wear yeah, them? Yeah, another publication actually called and asked, "How do you build brands with no marketing?" And, and we believe that you have to create an authentic product first of all. It's always about product, and then if you do that, and don't try to do things that are so contrived in regards to, you know marketing that's not authentic and reaching out to micro influencers and just getting shoes on people's feet and doing great little activations, you know, around cities and worlds, you know, around the world. That's the new way to speak to the consumer. Um, you know, all of the marketing that people do is somewhat of the thing of the past. It's obviously moved from print and outdoor to, you know, digital and social, which is, is important because it's a way to build a community and to connect. But really, you have to have good product and it has to fit. And then then you can get them on enough feet. Then those are the brand ambassadors are your customers. Even the days of the, the macro influencers, which now became like the new celebrity, the new runway models, that, that's almost you know becoming a thing of the past. And now it's small people that have their own communities and tribes and they reach out to their friends and it's it's all very organic. Uh, people can smell if it's, you know, really something special or if it's just something that's, you know, kind of, you know, uh, contrived. You're, you're planning on some uh, experiential stores in 2019 in the U.S. and Canada. You can be where and when if that's possible or when you hope to have them open and do you have currently have yeah, one in Italy so, for these brands? No, we have no physical stores. We're just really even focusing on websites and then that will be up to our kind of standards and expectations and and from a UX standpoint, ready for late fall. And then you know, I'd love to open up some, not only some pop-up stores, but our showroom that we're opening up in Milano in October. One of the things that's great, it's on Corso Venezia in uh, Palazzo Sabrioni, one of the historic places that used to be Napoleon's Palace. And in our showroom, we we're lucky enough to have a window that's on the street. And the window, we were allowed to put a door into it and we're going to make it a little pop-up store where we're always 
playing around with collections that we just make to not only show our wholesale customers, but because it's such a walkabout street from all the, not only the tourists around the world, but the influencers and the buyers and the stylists and the editors. There'll be this like living laboratory store that's part of our showroom, which is something that's actually super, super unique. It's one way we want to show product, get feedback immediately while it's at showroom. Um, and then I love to open up just like unexpected places. I'm looking in back California, Venice Beach, California, looking in Brooklyn, uh, looking in Florida, looking in Vancouver for just, you know, really you know, not in the shopping malls, but just like, you know, really funky, fun places that we can connect in an environment that makes it interesting to come into the store so people can really just kind of enjoy not only the architecture, which is just going to be very simple, but just the ambience and we'll do just some fun interactive things to get people just looking at our products on a device, but actually coming in and providing great service and just trying to do the unexpected things it might be uh, having a graffiti artist you know hand paint this shoe for a weekend or very unstructured environment you know versus you know just okay this is our retail formula and we're going to do in every store we want everyone to almost be kind of unexpected surprise and delight finally today mr colgan i want to just ask and as you as you talk about building your portfolio of brands at a street trend are there any parameters are you you going to build brands from the ground up are you going to Acquire brands that exist and then morph them into something else. So, what were the parameters to, as you build your portfolio? Both, you know. So, you know, we're constantly thinking of what's different. You know, how to, as I said earlier, how how can we kind of get into such a crowded space? You gotta obviously have a concept that doesn't exist. It's very hard to find something that doesn't exist. But there's also that that's one part. So, you know, what other concepts can we create? But, you know, on my radar, there's three or four, you know, brands that I really love that I think could be exposed to the rest of the world. And I'm in conversations to, you know, add a couple of other companies to our mix, either through starting with distribution partnerships and then doing that joint venture acquisitions. And those are all kind of in talks and negotiations for uh, 2019 and 2020. Thank you for your insights today. I've been talking with Mr. Wayne Culkin, founder of Street Trend in New York, and you've been listening to Inside the Lab at Formula. Four Media. This is Bob McGee.